This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. Welcome back. Winning Plays Podcast, Rich Levine, Brian Rob. So, it's Tuesday, B-Rob. Monday night, perhaps a Monday night that will live in infamy, at least in terms of uh, these Boston Celtics. Let's start in the third quarter last night. Boston Celtics, Chicago Bulls. Celtics are up 19 points with like three minutes left. And at this point, at this point, let's just say this. It was a pretty inspiring game to that point. Sure. It felt like at the very least, Celtics are moving up to th- going to improve to three and four. Things are looking better. What happened? What <laughs> happened in the roughly 15 minutes, the final 15 minutes? Like, I know you, you, you rewatched the fourth. You, you took the I, I rewatched for, it. For, for most most folks. You rewatched that fourth quarter. Just, just break it down because we know, we know, and we know the headlines are what Marcus Smart said about the Jays, and I think at this point, enough stuff, enough dust has settled that we know that the Celtics didn't lose that game to the Bulls because Jason and Jalen were not passing the ball enough. But what, what happened? What actually did happen? I, th- I mean, I think first and foremost, and I, I don't know if you could feel this in real time, but the transition defense for this team all year long has been bad, but it was, it was just non-existent and i'll have to say this too the bulls are really good like the bulls sure hit their shots zach levine they threw pretty much everyone at had chance on him and he made everyone look bad um from the Celtics wing perspective and when you have that and you have DeRozan in a groove there's and vucevic out there there's very little places to hide defensively in terms of like you think you stop one guy but then you have two other guys that are going to hurt you so the Celtics weren't getting back they were missing shots and they just were, and then they, they fouled a ton. So it was the perfect storm defensively of, of it just, you know, I think, again, they missed three shots the whole quarter, Rich, Chicago. And then off of those, I think they got offensive rebounds on like two of those misses and end up in buckets. And when you say the Celtics weren't getting back, like where the, the Bulls were just running harder, running faster, they were, they were pushing it. And where the, I mean, because clearly speed isn't an issue when you're talking about Schroeder, when you're talking about Smart, you're talking about the Jays. Uh, they can certainly, even they're not necessarily fast players. They can keep up with just about anyone, not to the point where you're going to get run off the floor. So what did, did it seem like an effort? I think partially. Some plays were. Like, and it wasn't like a flat out, like, you know, you're walking back or you're, you're lollygagging. But like, at the same time, the Bulls were motivating. The Bulls were, you know, beating the Celtics to spots. And if, you know, if you make the, a bad pass or if you go for the offensive rebound too hard and it, you're suddenly left with four on three or even a two-on-two situation where it's like Levine versus Horford, it's like last night, that was game over. That was two points in the last 14 minutes of that game. And it just happened again and again. It was like the same old, you know, script over and over. And unfortunately for Ime Odoka, like this was, I, I we thought this was supposed to be a defense first team. Is that is that fair to say going into the season that this was supposed to be the clock? Certainly, if you're going to play the personnel that they were playing last night, it, it needs to be a defense first team, and that that is has been far from that this year. Yeah, no, I mean again, right, and that, and, I, and I think that's because because you, you can talk about the Celtics within the pocket of that 15 minutes, right? Certainly, it was also a microcosm for much bigger issues, but like you know what we saw last night, and I think that's why everyone. And I don't know if it's going to be like a, a a turning point. I guess we'll we'll we'll, we'll find out. Like if, <laughs> if it is, if it is, it is. If it's not, it's not. Like history will write itself. But like you know, it wasn't like they just had one bad quarter and 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 blew this game. Like this is just kind of becoming their identity. And and when I when we say that, we say at this point, 
because the coach is different. I mean, at this point, the executive is different, but it's the Jays and Smart is Smart. Like that's whose team we have seen now repeatedly blow these leads, not come to play. And that's that's where I mean that that's where you got to throw the blame somewhere. I don't know how you break that up, but that is a common denominator in all these issues now is those three guys. So like, how do you get better? And that's that's the fascinating part of it because there there is no easy path here. I mean, there are options for Yadoka. There are different ways to handle the rotation, different ways to handle you know the lineups that you're playing size wise or personnel wise, but it's it's still going to involve all those three guys in whatever form you take. And until that gets sorted out one way or another um, from a, you know, just a focused or an effort standpoint or whatever, however you want to put it, um, we're, we're seeing the, the same theme that we, that kind of hurt this team last year over and over. And even going back to that Miami series two years ago, like that's when they just would in that in those fourth quarter of games. And you're like, and back then we were wondering like what's going on here. And now that's like you said, that's kind of becoming a calling card. Right. And and Jason Tatum. I mean, that's I think that that's just want to say the name. We can go from there. For, to me, that is the most disappointing thing because Marcus Smart is Marcus Smart. He's clearly the third banana in that group. Yeah, maybe he shouldn't have said what he said after the game, right? Or if he if he's gonna say it, if he's gonna say it, like say, say it in the locker room, right? Like because yeah. that's part of the problem is that the Celtics don't have that leader, that tough love leader right. who will who will tell guys what they don't want to hear when they need to hear it. Like certainly like the way he went about getting that across. And, and we don't even know. I, I'm not sure how valid it is. Certainly in time, in, in certain spots, it is like and I, to me, it, it falls more on Tatum because that that's that that's what we see. That's who has the ball more. And that when you look, that's when when you look at the numbers, whether it's his fourth quarter numbers, whether it's his isolation numbers, whether it's a whole slew of the, the assists this year, the foul shots. Like to me, that's the head of the snake. If he's your best player, if Tatum, like we said at the beginning of the season, like we thought that maybe Tatum needs to get into the top five MVP conversation if the Celtics are going to do exceed expectations. And right now, like he's not even an All Star, so no. like. That's where I mean, and you can talk about the attitude. You can talk about you can you can you can wonder how much does this guy. I don't want to go. This is so stupid. You know, this is just this is like the old tired tropes of how much does he really care? I I, I do wonder sometimes. Like, yeah, and not that he's not competitive, but like, you know, people compare him to Kobe. He certainly doesn't have that mentality. Um, I don't know. Like, where does it start? Like, where, like where if you could pick one spot where Jason Tatum needs to be better, where is it? What is it? I mean, uh, an easy choice is, uh, I mean, he's taking more threes than ever. And I think shooting like under 30% here. So that just, um, that is one fourth quarter offense in general too. It's just like, if you're going to take all these shots in at the end of these games, efficiency has to be there. And that's like you said, that's been, you know, on the far downturn this year. Um, you know, looking back at his fourth quarter last night, it was not as bad as you would think, like after seeing it in real time, when you, know, you look at the box score and you see one of eight, um, you know, I don't think he got to look at the free throw line at all that whole quarter. I think the Celtics got there once on a Horford and one, but he, he made the right reads. He made the right plays on one when there were doubles, there were triples and there was guys in his airspace all night, but his inability to finish at the rim. And I think our, our buddy Mike Pina tweeted this out earlier is that his rim rate, this season 
the, the amount of shots he's taking at the rim is 17%, which is his career average is 24. And so that, that is not what you want. And he obviously isn't finishing well there when he, when he does get there. And last night that wasn't the case for him. So I think that's where you start with him. You know, he needs, I'm not, I'm honestly not super worried about like of the Celtics laundry list of issues here. He's, he's on there, but I'm not super worried about him compared to other stuff. I feel like he's had slow starts before here and the three point shooting, he has a track record there. So like, I feel like he should come around here, but like to your point, this is the issues that the crunch time stuff and the fourth quarter stuff is, is there year after year. So when, when do you have to start looking at that as a, as a bigger picture problem? I, I guess the, the, the time is now. Yeah. And then, you know, it's funny. Like, you may have made such a big deal before the season. Like we don't want to be that team that's complaining to the refs. And at a certain point, like, and again, because when you, we talk about Tim not getting to the line as much as, as we'd like, he has like, there are stretches where he is aggressive. Like that, like I didn't think last night watching that game that I thought that he wasn't taking it to the hoop hard enough. Many times I didn't think he, it's not a matter of him not competing. There was that one stretch defensively where he had those two blocks. Like he got fought, called for the for, for a foul on the second block. But like you see him up there like defending like, like at the rim, like competing on that level. But like there just seems to be a level, I don't know, like an intensity or focus. Or, or whatever it is that just seems different when it matters most, most where like he was one of those guys that you just, it wasn't even that you expected him to carry the load when it mattered most. He did it. Like he was a guy who did seem to step into that moment uh, when it was shining brightest, but that just seems like there's just, there's just, there's just, he just doesn't seem totally entirely present in all this. And I, you know, and that can go many different that- ways. Like again, winning, winning, changes a lot but like right now this is not the jason tatum that 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 we have grown accustomed to i think the the base where with him to your point like defensively late in these games he was you know he used to be an all he has been an all-star defender in the past he was in terms of losing caruso for open threes just like again the complaining to the ref there a couple times where that cost the Celtics in transition and he's they need him to be a difference maker in that on the floor and whether it's Stanima like I think I saw I don't know if you saw this tweet like someone looked at his defensive numbers like post-COVID and it like they've fallen off since you know February of last really? year compared to where they were before and and you wonder there of whether it's you know how much an impact that has in terms of you know he had breathing issues and things like that. I don't to read too much on he said, you know, kind of fine now, but when you look at him in these thoughts, he's like you said, he's a different player there. And that's, and when you, when you have a team that's just gotten worse defensively, even though they've should have on paper, have improved the person. No, on that side of the floor, that's that. Yeah, no, it's scary. And then, like, and I guess, and then Jalen is is another guy who came out, which just was the Jalen that everyone's been begging for, uh, in that first half, especially. But then, you know, in that fourth quarter, where everything falls apart. You now he's on the bench for a lot of it. And then when he does come back, he's just it, he. It seems like he he becomes an afterthought. And and, and I remember at Charlotte was the other the game where I, where, where 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 I saw that happen, and obviously they overcame it in that in that case. But he just be, just. You know, they start off these games and there's this ball movement. It's, it's so inspiring. We see these guys are playing together. And then we see over and over and over when it comes 
to the fourth quarter, it's Jason Tatum. And I, and, and, and I don't know if Jalen needs to step in a little bit more and, and, and if they, they have these tough conversations and maybe that's on Ime. But again, this is, this is a pattern. So what did you, like, do you look at Tatum more or do you look at the coaching there in that situation? Like with, with, when these things come up? Because it's, we haven't talked about Ime Adoga yet. I think we still, we should get to him, get to, I think we should just talk through smart comments a little bit more too. But like, this has been a rough start for, for, and it's tough to judge him knowing that this, this, this is like track record that has been there, but like from a scheme standpoint on, on both ends in these spots, like it's been, it hasn't been great. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, I, I, at first I'm not, you can't, like I said, Marcus and the Jays. I'm like Marcus and the Jays. The three <laughs> of those guys, the, 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 those are the players. Those are the guys who have the the most power to effect, to affect these games, right? Like these guys, we've, we've seen them do it before. We know they know how to do it. You may like there there are different parts of of, of Ime's. Because wait, was I have another question? Was was Neesmith out again? Chicago? He just, he just didn't play. He just did not play. So that was a situation where he again four straight games he has not played. And he just is out of the rotation right now, straight up. No offense. So those are the spots where, in, like, when you're looking for something that could ignite some sort of some sort of passion, some sort of some sort of just like just care, just caring about, about the game. It's so like deflating to watch these this current core of the Celtics do this every single night. Again, you have a guy like Mee Smith who showed bright spots and we're not saying that he's the, he's got the key to unlocking everything but you're talking about little things that could, that could come along and just t- change the path of a team when they need a little kick in the ass guys like that that you, you you see them just just sitting on the bench like what like clearly it's not like maybe maybe you don't think that he's that he's earned a spot in the rotation at this point but when nothing else is working anyway at the very least he's a guy that, that, that seems like he's going to at least run hard and crash the boards and just make things happen by 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 making things happen, by just being active and just just wanting the ball, like guys like that, that just pissed me off to have someone like that just sitting on the bench. When you see so many of of, of your your so called stars and, and 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 players just going through the motions, so th- th- those are spots where I can where I can question EMA a little bit. Like he does, he certainly hasn't inspired at all. Like his his demeanor on the sidelines, and again, that's the, you, you can't you know Brad was never, very rarely showed emotion, right? So you're not can't criticize EMA. If I didn't criticize Brad, but I just don't, I, I don't, I don't get a sense for who he really is yet. Uh, I don't get really feel like he's, he's put his mark on this team. It's, I mean, it's, it's hard to argue otherwise, because this very much seems like the same team that, that has frustrated uh, the fan base for the last few years now and just unexpected ways. And, and almost like the, I talked about, like the, we opened this podcast, the first three quarters where it really seemed like that was going to be a, a trademark win against a really good Bulls, Bulls team. Uh, so like, and then just like that, it, it, it disappears. Uh, <clears throat> it's just more frustrating when they show you what they, what you know, they can do. Like when yeah. those first three quarters, when they're playing up to the expectations and just showing you, yeah, this is still here. It's still in us. Right. If, if, if we just, and maybe some fans are ready to give up on this team. I think that'd be, it's, it's a little bit early, but like the reason you don't yet, the reason it hurts more to see the collapses, like the fourth, fourth quarter is because you know that there's basketball, like from like those first three quarters in there, you know, 100%. like you, you, you know, it's there. So it's like, but after time and time again, I'm just showing you just pulling the, pulling the rug out from under your feet. 
like you know I, I don't know what you're supposed to do like as a fan as a writer as a as a as a coach at some point you want to say hey you guys know how to go out and win basketball games but when it matters most you're just not doing it for whatever reasons and it's it's not up to us to figure that out i mean we can make all the speculation guesses that we want but like i don't know like what what, what would be if there was one big move that that and, I, and so the next game is, is orlando which hopefully I and mean, that would that's next level if you lose that game but if there's one big move that, that, that <laughs> they're that looking made, pretty good by the way like cole anthony and stuff those guys it's like that is not an easy that's not a layup which it looked like in the preseason would be no, I mean, yeah, I don't know what could classify as a layup with this team right now. Um, but uh, if there's one big change that he could make, what would you like to see? I think you just nailed it. I think you have to you have to start getting the young guys in there for if you're email right now. Like the Richardson, the Schroeders of the world, like you can't it's one thing to be two and five. It's another thing to be two and five and you're not developing anything at the end of your, yeah, end of your roster. Right. Now it's like there's worst case scenario and then worst case scenario, which is where they're at from that standpoint. And so like you have to, in my mind, you know, you're worried about energy and effort. Like like you said, bring in the guys that you know you're going to get that from. And it's tough with Pritchard. I mean, Pritchard has a bit bad. Neesmith didn't hit a shot in his first three games. You know, we, we, we've we harped on this stuff, but the alternative very appealing. Josh Richardson has not done enough to be like okay he's a difference maker defensively like let's roll with him like right and no. again we've seen we saw one glimpse i think it was a chicago game with uh few glimpses of him playing some decent defense like maybe hitting a few but then but then he goes and you know, the king of is like stepping out of bounds like and sometimes you see the guys like back heel hit the hit the out of bounds mark like when he gets a pass name marcus does it all the time i felt like right. that happened against the bulls richardson's like whole foot was out like it just seemed like right. he was so <laughs> like out of sorts of like where he was and what he needed to do um yeah no i i i agree with you it's a it's a double negative right now like right now like i think the, the, the only two positives on the season are probably al and schroeder you know guys who are probably playing just well enough to to get right. more money somewhere else you know to get more money than, <laughs> than, than you want to play pay him next year you know um it's 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 really been a mess it's it's super unfortunate and maybe this is just part of the journey for for this team like maybe they need to just get this out of their system and and you know i know you may made reference to maybe this being a learning uh, uh, you know a chance to learn a few hard lessons about about the nba but like this team has learned that lesson many times already right and you don't want to learn as a lottery team and that's the direction you're you're going in right now if you can't with all these, you know, we don't think the Bulls and the Wizards of the world are going to be contending in these, but if they build game lead over you in the first quarter of the season, like that's that's not going to be easy to make up when the schedule gets tougher here. And so they the Southerners are losing a lot of winnable games. And it's yeah, like it's it's a, it's a work in progress in terms of the personnel and things like that, but they don't have much time more time to really get this figured out right now. So and I mean, and I also do like, we'll go to the, we'll hear from um, BetUS in a second here, but I also do want to talk about Smart and the big picture of this team right now in terms of where, where they go from here in terms of that relationship and just those comments in general, because I feel like that is, as you said, could be a, a, a pivotal turning point here for this group. Sure. Okay. But first, listen up, sports bettors. This is the Winning Plays podcast here to tell you about our favorite sports book. That's BetUS. Football is back. Basketball is back. Hockey is back. It's time to get on the action. We only endorse one sports book. That is BetUS.com. 
Why you ask? Because BetUS has been America's favorite sports book for over 25 years. You need a sports book with integrity and longevity. You need to know that you're getting going to get paid. You need a sports book that offers everything, including live betting, MMA, golf courses, esports, all kinds of crazy bets. They'll walk you through setting up an account. Nobody in the industry gives you better or bigger bonuses than BetUS. Join now and check out the offers, and you can get up to 200% in bonuses on your first deposit. Nobody beats that. I bet it. You bet US. B Rob does too. Uh, you should too. That's betus.com, America's favorite sports book. Enter BSJ when you sign up at betus.com for a special bonus. Betus.com, where the games begin. All right, B Rob, where, where do you want to go with that market stuff? And I'm gonna, I'm gonna, why would you do that? I'm gonna go on betus.com and just, just peek at the Celtics' current odds, see how much they've maybe, maybe moved since we Oof. last talked yeah, that, about this. But. That. That'd be a scary sight right now. Actually, you know, um, real, real, real quick before you get there. So when we had this conversation, the Celtics and the, the Hawks, remember when we said the Celtics might be a smart bet to win the conference at <laughs> sixteen to one. Burn, burn that 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 uh, footage. But um, you can you can probably get now though the value. I, like look like what, you know what, what? you can't right here. You can't. It's twenty to one. Oh wow! So this is so Vegas as as or or Antigua. I'm not sure where US.com is stationed necessarily, but but wherever that is, they have not totally given up on the Celtics yet. <sighs> Long road to go here, but so I want to get back to the smart comments here because we haven't. I mean, we talked about them a little bit earlier, but in general, the what is what is smart mentality here? Do you feel like? going into this because i mean again looking at the film like do you feel like when him saying that was that like a a full season frustration thing was that maybe not um, even full season yeah, yeah or yeah even like again what the game many, many a season yeah but i mean from my standpoint it's like okay marcus you're shooting like 29 percent from the field this season your turnover rate is the highest of your career i understand you you know the, the tone of the comments to me was almost not talking down to those guys, but like saying he's the older, wider player. Like, oh, these guys, we're trying to make them learn. Like, we're we're working with them. They don't want to pass. Like, <laughs> give the ball to me. I'll take care of everything. Like, you, you're part of, just as much part of the, the problem as these guys offensively right now. Like, and so for him, frame it that way. I understand, like, if the offense is too predictable, like, Yes, like mix it up. That's probably a conversation to have with the coach, or even you know, I don't even think you need to bring up Tatum and Brown in that instance. Just say the offense is too predictable. We need to mix it up for those guys. But for me, for him to go the route he went down, it like in my mind might just you know cause some damage here that you know or reopen old wounds that could potentially lead him out the door even after they just gave him a four year extension. I don't know. No, I, I, I agree. I, I do. I thought that it was like, it, it seemed very just like emotional and that's Marcus, right? That that's part of it. Um, I think it was a guy who was probably embarrassed for, for not only what's happened to the, to the team this season, but certainly what happened like in that one game, you know, in front of their home crowd, getting booed off the court and, and just being embarrassed like that. Um, and I think certainly it seemed like this is like, I don't know if you ever have like in an argument with your with your partner significant other and never right i, I know I mean, <laughs> and, and i feel like i've gotten a little bit better at at, at at voicing things as they come up like as i've gotten older but like when you're younger sometimes and like things just get pent up or you get resentful about shit and like you're in an argument and and you and you just bring up this other thing just out of nowhere right yeah 
that might not even have that much to do necessarily with the with the fight at, argument at hand, but you just need to get it off your chest. And that that it felt a little bit like that to me because, as you said, and as you pointed out, I know you tweeted about this a little bit. Like, like maybe there are times when you can say, like, just in the big picture, you know, maybe the Jays can, can you know can pass a little bit more recently. The end of that, right? the end of that Wizards game, the overtime, when they scored three points in the final eight minutes of regulation. Exactly. Like that, that's like, if you made this comment after those games, everyone, it'd be very hard to argue with them. Right. It just sounds a little bit ridiculous when it comes in a game where, where, where you know, where, again, he, he, he himself has zero assists as, right. as, as, as your starting point guard. And it, it would just, you know, and again, from from the start of the season, when it comes to the focus, like a guy who generally, aside from that, that you know, the, the three that sent the overtime in, in New York and the defense in that Hornets game has not played very well this year. Um, it just it just what again, it's one thing if you say in the in the locker room, if you come in after a game pissed off and maybe he did and you say, guys, you need to. And then they could say, dude, what the fuck are you talking about? You know, we, we, we were like, look at the look at the tape, but you just don't express it the way he did. You know, he, I, I'm sure he would take it back, though, yeah. for it to come out the way he did. And and we're and we're were the Jays were they supposed to talk to the media before that? And then and Marcus said that, and then they canceled, or was the no? Was, so, so the setup is usually it's three guys that talk after the game, and Smart was you know just the first guy up, which you know you never know what order they're going to come in, but that's him. Like you know, he's usually one of the first guys that talk out of the locker room when the locker room was open, and so he went. And then Horford went, who was again announced. And then it was supposed to be Jalen and, and Tatum wasn't supposed to talk at all last night. Like he just, you know, randomly, you know, sometimes after you'd think he's a guy who's going to talk every night regardless, but the Celtics or he, you know, they, they don't want to burn him out. And so he obviously like, it was probably night everyone wanted to hear from him, but it was say, okay, well, we'll put Jalen out there and not, and not Tatum for this night for whatever reason. But then again, in the aftermath of the, the smart comments, the announcement was made that Jalen would not be talking. So it was just Al and smart and that's it. So it's, and now they, the usual shoot around they have on Wednesday will not be happening. So we won't be hearing from any players until after the magic game, which again, I imagine is a strategic play by the, the team to yeah. hopefully have better things to talk about. By the well end played. of the uh, magic game, <laughs> but yeah, I'm sure. Again, it just wasn't. I, I agree with you, man. I don't. I don't know if Marcus is is going to be long for here anymore. You 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 it, you can't. It's just that's just nice talk about winning plays. Talk about Marcus like that. That doesn't help the team. It really doesn't. Like like there, there are ways to go about it that maybe it can, but like to to come out. And, and and that way, and he knows he knows what's going to happen when 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 he says that. You, you know, he's been around long enough to to understand like the the, the shitstorm that that is going to create. And then you fact you 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 factor in the way he's played. You know, him missing that the flight in preseason, and I know it's yeah. like not a huge deal, but getting suspended for that. And you talk about a guy who was who seemed pretty close at some point in the preseason to being named captain, right? I I heard there were whispers about that. I thought. Right, that he may have like the idea of maybe him and Al being named captains. Um, I thought that was a story for a little bit, and then that that shit happens, and now you know we're we're a few weeks in, and it, it has been the the worst of Marcus Smart in, in, in so many ways, and that that was the low light of this season for all the the, the poor basketball that that he's played, aside from a few bright spots, and he was very good for for the in the in the beginning of uh, yeah, that Bulls game as well. Game. So we'll give we'll give him credit for that. 
but I, I that that comment that, that's really it just doesn't make things better right that's it's just something where you have to and i i looked at it me like when when is t- you know for all of small, you know questionable shot selection over the years in certain games like no one has ever on the team publicly has called him out for that and right he returns not the return I mean, again like you said this is something probably was pent up and there was some validity to a lot of the stuff he said in terms of the predictability and like offensive flow and you know wanting to set, take the onus off them like again his his intentions i believe were were good for the most part but the way it was it was put in the timing of it and again the, the messenger him being the messenger for it um after a game like that where it was a true team loss and a lot of what he said wasn't true for that final 13 14 minutes like it just it just did not come across well it came across as selfish and and i know he never did say like i'm the one who should be shooting instead of uh, instead of these two you know he he seemed like he was maybe speaking for the rest of the team and who knows if that's something that 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 more than that not only that marcus believes but you know it just just wasn't the right time wasn't the right place wasn't the right, and I, I would I would think that he would probably take that back. I hope that he would take it back if he had if he had a chance. You know, yeah, he's still learning. We're all, we're all still learning. It's just unfortunate, <laughs> and you know, and and again, I think a lot of that comes down to the fact that I don't think the Celtics have that tough love veteran leader. Maybe that's you know when Jalen talks about Ime and says he's one of us, right? Like maybe right. that's what he talks about. Maybe Ime has to be that guy, but Al Horford's not that guy. Um, you know, I don't know if Marcus Smart's necessarily good enough, or at least right now, to be that guy. Um, it's not Jalen. It's not Jason. I don't get the I don't get the sense. So you, you know who who is it? Um, that's a question the Celtics need to answer. I think if they're going to, you know, at some point start getting closer to maybe contending again for a title. Brad Stevens, Ime Odoka. It's this is a tough place for both those guys right now, and because I honestly nothing, nothing, neither can really do. I mean, Ime can make tweaks now, but as far as you know, shuffling the deck a little bit, that can't be done anyway for at least another couple months. So this is this is what it is right now, and so they're they're going to have to, you know, navigating these waters is going to be a fascinating thing to watch in the next. Like, what do you want if you're Ime Odoka right now, like getting ready for this trip? Like, what are you? Like who are you pulling aside? Like what are you? How are you trying to handle the fallout from this? And just try to get these guys again back on a track for a for a tough three game road trip this week. Yeah, I, I like to think you have you sit down with with the three, with the Jays and Marcus, at the very least, right? Maybe maybe you bring Allen to the mix if he can, you know, just help facilitate some of the conversation i don't really know know too much about his his relationship with those guys but you think that he would he would hope for all for all the 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 credit deserved or not that al gets for being a great locker room guy yet every single season he is you know the celtics the sixers you know now the celtics again like finds himself in these in these dysfunctional locker rooms um you you got to start at the top i think and and let me let them let, let all the piss out say everything you need to say don't hold back um get get your 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 top tier all right maybe give a little bit more opportunity to some of your younger players you know maybe make make this a little bit more of a team from from top to bottom um yeah and just go from there i just want to say and i want to say that that it should be brad's problem as much as it is emay's because you know let's look at emay was brad's hire he, he, that was 
that there wasn't a lot of conversation in the uh, in the front office, right? Maybe maybe there were with some of the owners, but the email hire was Brad Stevens. Yeah, it's a stamp. Dude, yeah, it's stamp, but it wasn't. It wasn't even like, hey, let's have, let's let's all have a big meeting in the front office. Hey, hey, Dave, Zarin, Austin, let's all sit down and talk about potential coaches and see and see who we want to hire. No, that was Brad Stevens saying, Ime is the guy. Yeah, and maybe he had some input from from Jalen. We know he talked to Jalen Brown about it. Like maybe maybe the Jays nudged him a little bit on that level too. But like that when Ime was Brad's was was Brad's hire, ninety eight percent. So he's got to he's got to be be part of it, and and I'd be very interested to know about the relationship between between those two, Brad and Ime. I don't know. I don't think too much has been written on it yet, but just like you know, how 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 often are they texting each other late at night, thinking about how are we going to make this better? Is it? I wonder. <clears throat> they yeah. very well. They very well could, but like I just I do wonder like what if that's the case? What are they saying to each other? What are those What are those conversations? Is it is it about the scheme? Is it saying like, dude, like. Switching is not really working. <laughs> like, you, you know, are you seeing this? <laughs> yeah. So, so I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know if, if you, and I'm sure maybe that is, is going to, is, has been inspired some by what Danny and Brad's relationship was. I'm sure, you know, Brad yeah, learns what... how, how to be an, an NBA executive, um, you know, from, from the way Danny treated him. So maybe that's part of it, but they got their work cut out for him. That's for sure. I wonder what the text versus call situ like, like the, the 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 main form of communication, or if it's just next day in the office. Yeah, like, right. He's, he's like moseys like, into the office. Yeah, just be like, what what do we have here? How what what just happened? But <laughs> it's has Brad been I, at these games at all? Does anyone see? He him? has. I've seen him at a couple games. I didn't not see him last night, but he has been you know around before the game for at least one or two. Um, he has very much try to be out of sight at, you know, he's been around a couple of them, but, um, is he, is he Mark, up there, like up there in his office or like yeah, like, or just on the court, like off to the side, but very much, you know, he has not, you know, spoken to the media at all outside of his weekly radio appearance on touch and rich filling, you know, right. taking Danny slot there, but that's been it. He's been, he's understandably. So has tried to stay out of, you know, it's probably just, you know, let he do his thing. It's his show. Um, but now you wonder with, with this, like what, what comes of this? And yeah, I say it's it, he, right. You say it's 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 his it's his show, but it's it's not. I mean, Brad put the gave Ime his players. Right. Like I think now that that now that the show is is going haywire, and maybe now is when you when you step up and 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 take a little of the blow. It takes yeah. some pressure off your your first time, not even first first year, like your first time head coach. You know, like you you've been in, in through the fire a, little, a few a few more times. Like take some of it. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Like, you can come out, of, come out of hiding. You know, and know, they're touching rich. I don't, and I, I love they're touching rich. Those, those guys are great. Like, are they asking hard, hard questions to him? They do. They, I will give them credit. Like, they, they go. You know, they don't hold back. Um, that's for good. a lot of these interviews. So that's good. I mean, it's so the whole he'll get real questions on there. Um, you know, assuming he's he's on there later this week. But you're right. Like this is, you know, I think Danny Ainge did this a lot when he was thought he'd come out and take the take the hits. Yeah. Um, when when it's called for it. And this is, you know, certainly a situation where if, especially if the, if the losing continues this week, that, that would, uh, that could very much be in order because there's, there's going to be nothing else to distract from it right now. Like Red Sox are done. <laughs> you know, Bruins, you know, Pats are okay, but you know, there's not a lot of hoopla around this. So this is, this is the story right now. 
in the region. Yeah, in terms and, of, and this would know. be the time when Danny Ainge would call up Steve Bullpet and feed him the information that, you know, just something to not to take the attention away, but maybe just again, just, just show support. So this is where Stevens needs to call Brian Robb <laughs> and say, get my story out there and say, stop this is writing, he used to... <laughs> stop writing crappy articles. Um, yes. Um, but yeah, so I, I would I would love to see Brad come out and 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 take let's say responsibility, but just be a little bit more present. That's my message for for the entire organization. Be more present through this disaster, and maybe uh, everyone can get through it. So, what, what's your prediction? Uh, so we we have Saturday. Oh no, my my days are really messed up. So Wednesday is Orlando. Thursday is Miami. Miami. Saturday, and Saturday is Dallas. Yeah, I'll be so there for that one. You'll be in Dallas. That's pretty cool. So, what, 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 what's the? Is there any chance at two and one? Yeah, <laughs> I, I think so. Yeah, I, yes, because Jason Kidd's involved. So, yes. Eh. Um, I think that's the the equalizer there. Um, but yeah, obviously, Orlando, the back to back against Miami. Miami looks like like they're they're in fifty games through the season mode already. They're they're locked in. Peaking so, too early while the Celtics right? are just, I mean, just biding their time to, to start trying on the season. There'll probably be a triple overtime and in game involved in the, the next week too that they'll they'll bring probably out Orlando. More. Probably Orlando. Um yeah, I'm going one and two. No, I'm going two and I'm gonna go two and one. I'm gonna say the Jason Kidd, you know, messes something up on Saturday night and they uh they have they they come home with at least some feelings of good vibes after uh a miserable first week or two first two weeks. What do you, what do you have? What about a Dallas Miami two and one? That's that, that would, would be, be wild. <laughs> That'd be the ultimate wild. <laughs> That'd be the total mind fuck. And, and like, and, and you know what, get like, put, give it to this team, leave it to this team to, to do that. I'm going to say that two and one, they're going to lose to Orlando. Oof. Um, and, uh, then beat Miami and Dallas. <laughs> All right. Make, put that parlay down people. You can get really good return on that. Those odds through the roof on, on BetUS, but but we'll um we'll, we'll be back to recap this road trip next week and see what else um who knows maybe we they make us talk again this week if we have you know if Jalen Brown or, or Jason Tatum talks after one of these next two games I'll be the interesting we can talk much about that I will be very curious to see how that is responded to publicly by that group but in the meantime hit us up on Twitter at rich underscore Levine I'm at Brian T Rob. We're at Winning Plays Pod. Rate review. Find us on uh, iTunes, Spotify, all that good stuff. YouTube. And um, thanks for listening as always. And we'll, we'll talk to you guys next week.